podcast about making creativity and why we do what we do. I'm your host, Vincent Ferrari. Now I'm looking up at my camera shelf as I record this. And on my camera shelf right now, I have an Osmo Mobile, an Osmo Pocket, an Osmo Action, and down in the closet, I have a Mavic Air. And all of these things have one thing in common. They were all inspired purchases from one of my favorite YouTubers. I started following this guy because I was looking for reviews on the Mavic Air about a year ago. And in fact, I went back and looked and the Mavic Air video, the first video of his that I watched was January 26th of 2018, which is two days before my birthday. And I always joke with him on Twitter that my wallet needs a break from his tech reviews. And I think we're just going to refer to you. Can we refer to you as the everyday dad or can we call you by your first name or? Yeah, uh, Gary works. Gary, Gary works. works. Okay. I don't, I don't like to, I don't want to break character or anything. Oh yeah. Uh, well, thanks for having me. But yeah, the, the everyday dad and Gary, they're, they're very similar, but the everyday <laughs> dad can be edited to be way more exciting than Gary actually is. It's funny how every video every video every one of your videos when you do the if i can figure out you can figure it out literally my wife and i sit there we watch your videos and i we point to our nose and we point to the camera and it's just become like a running gag with us when we watch your videos that we just do what he does because it's kind of fun how's it going surprised how you'd be surprised how often i actually poke myself in the face and have to edit that out no way yeah, it, it. I mean, it's not. It doesn't happen every single time, but it happens more often than uh, you'd probably you'd probably expect after doing it for so long. You need to put a blooper reel in your videos, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so, why don't you tell us how you got? Because one of the things I like about you, and we talked briefly before, because I don't like to have conversations too much before we start recording. I like the content conversation to be semi spontaneous, semi relaxed. I don't like to do Q and A stuff. Um, I like to just have an interesting conversation with interesting people. And one of the things I find the most interesting about you is you basically in, uh, when did you start the channel? Was it 2017, right? It was January of 2017. Okay. So I had found, when I, by the time I found you, you'd been around for about a year and your channel is so outside the mold of a typical, like what we call a tech channel or a tech review channel. And your approach seems to be much more, you don't need, you know, it's nice to have shiny, glitzy, latest gadget type stuff, but you don't seem to lean on that as a crutch the way so many tech channels do, where getting the latest and greatest is what draws people to the channel. Oh, just go there and see the latest and greatest. You actually seem to have a method to how you approach what you buy and what you show on the channel and what you review. So where did... Where did that start? Like, it's hard to go in in 2017 and start a tech, a tech channel. So what kind of got you going on that and got you started? Well, I didn't, I didn't actually set out to make a, a, a YouTube channel about anything specifically. I just, I was sitting down uh, in my office one day and I was watching a YouTube video from a, uh, what was the name of the channel? It was The Life of Tyler, I think it was. He doesn't make YouTube videos anymore, but he had a series of videos about the Monoprice Select 3D Mini 3D printer. Ah. And I had just gotten very interested in 3D printers, and I watched his video, and I was like, I could do that. <laughs> so I ordered the 3D printer, and I started making YouTube videos about it. Um, and it, it just kind of went from there. I, I started making the videos. I just I found that I enjoyed uh, making them. I, I wanted to talk about all sorts of stuff because it, it was something I I don't consider myself a very creative person. And so this is kind of like my outlet to, to basically... So how do I say this? So the way that I make videos is not necessarily like the most creative. I, I feel like I brute force the, uh, my ideas onto, the, onto video. And when I started out, I just was like, wow. I enjoy like talking about all this sort of stuff. So we started talking about all, I mean, we did 3D printers, we did motorcycles, we did uh, drones, we did all sorts of stuff. And then it, it ended up being that I just enjoyed the cameras so much. I was like, well, let's talk about cameras because there's a thousand experts out there that are talking to experts. But uh, if you're just, I feel like there's not enough like regular people talking to regular people. And, and that's that's sort of where I, I go from here. You You've nailed... You've nailed the I'm just I'm not an expert thing. And I like how you, you know, you dis you don't disqualify yourself as having knowledge, but you never present yourself as an expert. And yet you pack so much information into your videos. And a lot of tech channels tend to 
leave you to believe that, hey, you know, I'll let you think I'm an expert. Yeah, that's cool. But you don't you don't play that role at all. And it's kind of interesting. And I, I do like that about your channel because it's hard to draw an audience if you're not presenting yourself with some kind of authority. And yet your audience is growing pretty nicely, actually. I, I like to think so. I mean, yeah, it's the, the, the here's the problem with my particular niche is that cameras are on the one hand. I love I'm fascinated by cameras. There's just something about cameras that I you could talk to my wife like she's like, I'm sick of hearing about them. I'm sick of hearing <laughs> about them. Like I talk about cameras all even to the people at work. I'm like, hey, so you need 4K? They're like, no, I just want to take pictures of my kids. I'm like, well, let's talk 4K and then we can talk <laughs> about the rest of the stuff you want to talk about later. Um, but the, the niche about cameras is that it's a pretty toxic community. So it even is. experts get it wrong. So that's the, the thing that I'm concerned about is that the, the community, not necessarily the community, but uh, there's a, a fringe of video or there's a fringe of camera people that are just like terrible people. They come to every, if you watch any YouTube video about cameras, they, they lurk there in the comments. And, and I am afraid they scare people off from cameras. So I try to be like, I purposefully try to be a cringy character that is just like <laughs> weirdo, the weird dad that's like wearing his cargo shorts and his flip flops. But look, that guy can figure out how to use this camera. I can figure out how to use this camera. Right. So there's a lot of like, uh, you can't see my air quotes right now, but there's a lot of filmmakers and cinematographers, unquote, uh, on the YouTube space. And there's a thousand of them. Everybody wants to do slow motion. And I just am like, okay, that's great. Here's what you might want to use this camera for and not that there's there is absolutely value in experts being out there because i learn stuff from youtube videos all the time that i don't know like today you just 100 percent taught me about this program that we are currently recording on i had no idea <laughs> uh, so i always like trying to figure out um i like trying to learn from other people but i also like trying to keep it as like non-threatening it's like oh it's that weird dad I can figure that out. If that if that guy can figure it out, I totally can. We had we actually. It's funny you say that about the camera community being toxic because for the first episode of this podcast, I had on a, a guy, a photographer, my friend David Swiduck, and one of the things we talked about was how hard it can be for a new a new f photography um, hobbyist to break into the communities because the communities are so. Well, first of all, you got the guys that are all into what, what they used to call in computers, they call them speeds and feeds, which is like, I need all the specs, all the specs. And if this is not the perfect spec, then it's not good. Then you got the people that are like, oh, you only have a rebel. Oh, no, that's not good. You need to have a, you need to have a 5D minimum or otherwise we can't even look at you seriously. How can you take any photos with that? You know, <coughs> excuse me. And that that is very off-putting to begin with. And unfortunately, it's not the minority of people in that community that are like that. I mean, I faced it when I got my first SLR. We talked about it in the first episode where people were like, oh, you got the silver one? Oh, no one's ever going to take you seriously with the silver one. You know, and it's weird almost. So seeing someone that's like, yeah, just ignore them. Here's, here's what the camera does. Let's let's go out. Let's have some some you know, criteria that we use to test it. And this is what it's going to be like in your everyday life. And that's kind of where you nail it because I can look at your videos and go, oh, all right. So there's not a whole ton of difference at the high end for what I would need the camera for. So no, absolutely. No, I totally agree. And uh, uh, something that I spend a lot of my time doing is I curate my comments a lot. Um, so I spent, I've been doing this for over two years now. So at, at the beginning, uh, when I started transitioning to cameras about, what, a year into it, um, the, you, you just kind of, you get this just swarm of, I don't want to call it sewage, but like swarm of sewage in your comments um, from, yeah, specs chasers or yeah. you get um, brand loyalists or just people that, I don't know if the whole industry now has just turned so cynical that everybody just dislikes everybody else just for no reason. So I curate my comments. I delete all of the, is something that I've learned is like, you know what? I don't have the energy or the time to to deal with your uh, your particular brand of uh, yourself. So I go through <laughs> my comments. I delete a whole bunch because uh, I don't want somebody that is like, yeah, I want to get the Rebel SL3. Uh, yeah, I want to take some pictures of my kids. So right. I want to see what these other people are talking about. And when you see somebody like, yeah, we, <laughs> oh, it's not a full frame camera or oh, it's Canon <laughs> cripples everything. Why would you buy a camera? So that's. 
and it's it's funny you mentioned that so i've decided to fully and it was actually uh yesterday what's today tuesday so yesterday's video the my monday video this week is where i'm trying to just like swing the door to positivity where yes there are problems yes there uh, so i'm just gonna have a whole series of videos now where it's like this is great let's stop complaining this is great and here's why it's great um and it's it's my you should buy it series and just because that's a catchier is you should buy it catches the eye more than like hey this camera's great so mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I'm trying to bring a whole lot more positives into cameras because it's so t- it's just so negative. Like I read forums a lot, and I'm like, man, no wonder nobody wants to get into this because you people suck. It really, I don't, you know. And the other thing is, there's a gap in what what people perceive as an enthusiast. So an enthusiast can be very enthusiastic about taking really good photos of their family. Whereas if you talk to like the types that, well, you know, an enthusiast is a guy who has a $700 Manfrotto tripod who stands on mountaintops for six hours to get the perfect angle on a sunset. Yeah, you're both enthusiasts. You just are enthusiastic about different things. But yet one of them is like, well, we don't take those people seriously. (laughs) And it's so it's so odd to me. Like I've been in all kinds of communities you know, I've been in car communities, I've been in political communities, I've been in photography communities, and the most polarized communities are the photography communities. They, like you said, the brand loyalists, the Nike, Nike, <laughs> nice one, the Nikon versus Canon thing, just never, it just won't go away. And like, why are we fighting over the brand? Who cares? Who really cares about the brand of the camera? That doesn't matter. And now it's, now we have a third player, now that Sony is making really good cameras and Panasonic is making really good cameras. Now you got four different brand loyalists that you have to put up with. And it's like, I just don't even want to be bothered anymore. There's so many, they're just everywhere. No, no, I totally agree. Uh, it's just, it's a great time for cameras. So I, I veer towards the video side. Um, but it's just like everything out there is fantastic now. So I get, I get frustrated and I get uh, short tempered apparently, so again, the difference between the everyday dad and Gary. The everyday dad is a very cheerful fellow. Gary sometimes has a temper, and <laughs> I get really frustrated. I get so angry when I like check YouTube videos, and it's like all this negative crap about everything. It's like so I get it that negativity brings in clicks. Like one of my most popular videos is me saying a GoPro camera sucks. Like I get it. <laughs> like believe me i understand people want to be angry about stuff but that's red meat (laughs) yeah i know it's like we gotta and i'm not gonna say that i'm never gonna make an angry video but i just wish i just wish there was more maybe not happiness but just like excitement and like man look check out this cool camera i like it you like it and so i'm a a bit of a gearhead if you if you hadn't noticed and so I, it doesn't matter what your particular brand of gear loyalty or gear love or gear lust. Like if you're a mountain biker, you love buying mountain bikes. If you're a camera person, you love buying cameras. So I definitely think there is a marketplace for everyday people that want to buy these expensive cameras because if it's your hobby, you'll spend money on it. It doesn't matter whether you're buying that 5D because you're going to go, I don't know, take pictures of a sports team or this is telling you how much I know about photography. You're either going to take pictures of a sports team or you're just going to go take pictures of like a flower in your backyard. Like there is a, people will want to spend that money, but they shouldn't be scared off because, well, you're not a pro. What, what are you doing? 6D Mark II. That's like, <laughs> that's like the dynamic range of a, I don't know, a, a 90s. <laughs> you shoot in P? What's wrong with you? What a weirdo. You, you shoot in green square? Ugh. <laughs> Ugh, what you don't man you're outside of the 180 degree shutter rule unsubscribed <laughs> what the sunny six rule what how do you not know it what's wrong with you and the rule of thirds the rule of thirds is absolute your photo is centered it's garbage delete yep i'm unsubscribed now it's we're, we're done <laughs> it's 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 really interesting and then as the quality of the cameras is as the quality of regular cameras is getting better now you have the quality of cellular cameras are just not just creeping up but I, I i really feel like in some cases you can put them side by side and you and an untrained eye really wouldn't be able to tell the difference anymore so now you're walking oh, yeah. around with these no go ahead i'm sorry that's uh, okay i'm just saying now you're walking around with these incredible cameras in your phone even you know you've done a, you i think you just recently did a video you know is the point and shoot dead and it kind of, I don't, I wouldn't say it's dead for everyone, but 
I would say for a lot of people, it's unnecessary now, which is another crazy angle to take. Oh, no, it's totally like it is totally dead. Like if you check it. So there's a it's called the SIPA, the C-I-P-A. They do a report every like quarter about camera sales. Mm -hmm. The bottom end of the camera market is dead. I mean, it has already been usurped by the uh, the cell phone. The thing that cell phones are doing now is they're starting to take some of those enthusiasts. So the only point shoots that are still alive are high end point shoots that are like six, seven, eight, nine, you know, a thousand dollars. Right. Um where everything below that is gone. Like, unless it has some kind of crazy feature where it's a super zoom or incredibly small or has, like, really high recording capabilities, like, the the low end is... There is no low end anymore. And and now your phone, you know, they're not just taking pictures anymore. Like, the Google Pixel, you know, they're leaning heavily on computational photography now. You know, basic... I wouldn't call it... I hate calling it AI because it's not AI, but it's computational and it's it's a really smart algorithmic enhancement. So even if you're a mediocre person with a halfway decent eye, you can take amazing pictures with these phones now. You don't need to go crazy because the camera does all the thinking. And the big thing is that it's frictionless to upload them to your Facebook page, which is really what most people do with their photos. It's either Facebook or Instagram, and that's about it anyway. So the friction of not having of having to take the card, put it in the computer, download the image, transfer it to your phone in some way and then upload it is gone it's now it's just it's on my phone oh look at that here's a good picture and people don't even know the difference anymore it's it's incredible how far the technology's come in such a short period of time because i got my first digital slr in i think it was 2005 or 2006 and even even then it was good but now it's like my phone completely slays my first slr completely slays it Oh, yeah, it's amazing. So, I mean, full disclosure, Google sent me both the Pixel 3 and the Pixel 3a. Um, so that's so that's not a brag. That's just me letting uh, you know that I didn't pay for it. But the camera on the Pixel 3 is insane. Like, that night sight mode is mm-hmm. like, I don't understand how it works, but it works. I can get better low-light photos with my cell phone than I can with even a, uh, like, a my $2,000 camera. I mean, yes, it does a great uh, image, but for low light, like I need some kind of light for that. And this, the way that the, I don't know, how Google has tapped into some kind of like magic because I've never seen anything like that. But it, I definitely agree that uh, I did not get into cameras until I started YouTube. Um, I used my wife's camera for the first couple of months. I used my cell phone for the first couple of months. So I didn't even own a camera until about a year and a half ago so i i wish i had more of like a i remember when cameras did this wow so it it's all kind of new to me and that's what i guess makes it exciting i don't have any like historical bias to to be part of it's possible that so what comes across in your videos is that you're actually enthusiastic about what you're talking about you know you have fun with it you seem to enjoy what you're talking about and maybe that's why maybe because you aren't you know you haven't been a photography you know hound for years and years and years and years you don't you're not jaded you're just excited about what's out there so it it does come across and i i've noticed that a lot of the the more popular photography channels tend to lean heavily on you know we're going to do this review it's going to be very clinical we're going to take these sample photos i think the only one who does camera reviews that i really enjoy that does that's very popular that's very famous for his camera reviews is kai w I love his. Ca- I love his videos. He's oh hysterical. He's one of the funniest people on the internet. But what makes what what he's done is he's taken his expertise. He's obviously a very good photographer, and he's taken it to a different direction. Where hey, there's a lot of technical information in here, but also I'm a funny son of a bitch. And <laughs> he really is. I wish I could be half as funny as that guy. Well, you. What I like about you is your your persona, the everyday dad. The, the when you crack a joke and you do that you give that little giggle to the camera you know <laughs> that it just it it just it's like a tension breaker you know like you go a couple of couple of lines talk about something then a quick little joke and you smile at the camera with that like knowing smile where everybody just goes oh i get it i get it i just i love i love the whole presentation it's just it's very approachable which like we were talking about earlier the photography tends to not be approachable for people so um, and I know that's one of the reasons it seems like every time you review something, I buy it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, but so look, it's, 
it is like I so I have a bit of an obsessive personality and I try to harness that for the best but I spend hours looking at camera gear like right now uh, I'm looking at my computer I've got uh, Chrome open talking to you and in Chrome I've already got a tab open with a Panasonic GH5 on internet or not internet explorer what's this safari in the background i've got like six tabs three of them are dealing with like youtube stuff the other three is like a gh5s a nikon z6 and other stuff that i'm like okay well if i buy this and then sell this and then i can buy this this and this like i yeah my wallet <laughs> cries in agony um so because of all this all this stupid camera stuff i buy like i've spent so i'm trying to be more responsible and like this week it's been two weeks now. I'm like, no, what you've got <laughs> is what you're going to have because I, I literally just like this week hired a guy to edit my videos and I'm like, okay, you got to pay him. So you can't just blow all your money anymore. Um, and it's been, like I said, I've got all of these. I'm trying to, I've got math up on my iPad where I'm like, well, I could really use another camera. Oh no. How do I get it? <laughs> it's, it's definitely a, uh, it's definitely a, uh, an, so I totally get it. I totally get it because I am in the same boat. So that's a way. That's a way for me to handle it. Is I burden everybody else with my own internal burden. <laughs> You're sharing it. You're sharing the wealth. <laughs> yeah, everybody needs to feel it. So you you have a partnership of sorts with B and H. Yep, I have uh, partnerships with B and H, Sony, and Nikon. That is absolutely fantastic. How did you know? You don't have to obviously give specifics, but how did that come about? for you because this is the kind of thing that when somebody starts a tech YouTube channel, you know, it's one of those like, how do I get, how do I get these people to notice me? Or, you know, how did, how do I get the big brands to work with me so that I can get products? So how did that happen for you? Well, for B&H, it was, it was about a year ago. I think Somewhere. it was about a year ago. So like late 28 or mid 2018, um, I was just making videos. I got an email from one of their social uh, marketing people like, Hey, I don't know if you've heard of us. We know you get, we've noticed you link to us a lot. Um, would you like to become one of our affiliates? And when you're an affiliate, you just, you know, that just gives you a link that if somebody clicks on that link and then buys something within a certain time frame, I think it's 24, 40, 48 hours, you get a small percentage of that, like two or 3% or something. I could be wrong. I don't know the exact numbers. Um, so they asked me if I wanted to be affiliate. I said, yeah, sure. Why not? And uh, so the guy sent me an email back. And we just, I ended up talking to that guy um, for about six months. And then I was making a trip up to New York City and I was like, hey, you know, can I swing by B&H talk? You know, we've been working together for a few months now. He's like, yeah, sure, come on up. And uh, so I swung up, talked to their like head social media guy. And he was like, hey, I want to invite you into this program where we'll give you this cap and you just ask for stuff. And so long as you stay in your cap, we'll just, you know, have at it. And I was like, uh, yes, please. <laughs> uh, I can't believe you're off like that. I, so to this day, like I've been doing this for two years and I still just, it shocks me. It shocks me that anybody watches my videos. It shocks me that anybody is interested in my opinion because I just consider myself some dude just talking about cameras on the internet. So I feel incredibly humbled uh, that one B&H reached out to me and uh, we were able to work something that way. And then Sony, how did Sony, Sony sent me an email. So it's not, it wasn't Sony directly. It's Sony's U.S. marketing team, because I guess they have a different marketing team in every region they're in. So their U.S. marketing team reached out to me and was like, hey, you know, we at first it started off with like press releases. They sent me press releases. Um, they were like, hey, if you have any questions about, you know, the gear that you apparently have everything of, um, just send <laughs> us, let us know if you have any questions. We'll work with you. And then uh, when it was the RX Zero Mark II came out, they were like, hey, would you like to, you know, get your hands on one of these to make a video about it? And I was like, I already... I already have one coming, but could I check out your lens? And then, so it worked back and forth that way. And, and now I, I work with uh, Sony and Nikon. I love, so a lot of people crap on Nikon for video. I think Nikon is some of the most exciting. I don't understand that because the Z6 might be my favorite video camera. It's amazing. But so because of that, and I made a lot of videos saying that when I went to CES this year, um, I just paid to to go to CES because I've always wanted to go, and I was like, "Well, why not? It's a business expense now." So I, I flew down to CES and walking through the Nikon booth, they were like, "Hey, we know you! <laughs> oh my god, we loved your videos, man! Hey, what?" Uh, and I was like, "Oh, great! Hey, do you have a social media guy?" And they're like, "Yeah, let me go grab him." And so I got the guy's card, and 
Uh, we started talking. For some reason, my email or their email got caught in somebody's spam filter, so we didn't. Nothing ended up happening about that. And then I went to uh, NAB, which is another. Uh, it's like a conference for camera gear. So I went to NAB this year, and they're like, "Hey, why didn't you email us back?" Like, what? I don't. Who are you? I was like, no, Gary, why didn't you email us back? I was like, oh, hey, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I tried emailing you back. They're like, no, we're sorry, we're sorry. Here, Here's all of our cards. So um, it's it's been really, it's been a wild ride that I still uh, can't actually believe is happening. That That is unreal. <laughs> I... It, the fact that they kind of came to you is like it's like I said it's the dream it's the dream come true for tech people that is I can't I believe <laughs> do I cannot even to this day like so I've currently and I'm not flexing I'm just shocked this is more of me being like what is my life um, <laughs> so I've got like five thousand dollars of Nikon crap in my house right now I've got another five from B&H um, of just stuff that I'm checking out and my office right now is just covered in I mean it's it's both great and it's a hassle at the same time that I've got all this junk but it's like I, I don't even I I'm flabbergasted <laughs> you ever, it you, shocks me I gotta tell you when I see somebody and you know this is not me kissing your butt but when I see like one of the good guys doing really well like this I really get happy because look I'm not in your space so I can just be totally happy for you and that's perfectly fine and god man seeing you i'm just watching you grow over the last year and i love how bill from utah who's one of um, gary's viewers and he's like the official stats keeper for the channel and i just love when he posts like a, a milestone announcement it's just i just i love that i've been there for as long as i have i love seeing you grow i love seeing you make these announcements i love seeing the enthusiasm that you bring i like i like how clean and fun your comment section actually is even though i don't comment a lot i do read a lot of the comments because they're just interesting people it's just i mean well, you I just that. you you've nailed it <laughs> you've nailed it and you did something smart a couple of months ago and it, I like to say, I'd like to think that I had something to do with it. You started a Patreon. Oh, yeah. You guys <laughs> you guys kept asking me for it. And I was like, well, so I re no, the, the that anybody would take their own money and invest in this, that blows my mind more than the companies. Like the companies and I, it's a transaction, right? So mm -hmm. I'm going to talk about their stuff. They're going to get you know, some portion kickback of people buying their products or just having a more positive outlook on theirs. I mean, that that is probably worth it in and of itself, but that somebody would take their own money uh, without really any expectation of return and invest in my channel, that, I cannot even believe that. Uh, <laughs> that is, yeah, I have no words for that. So. It's yeah. It's great to see, it's it is great to see that people are becoming more amenable to actually just, you know, shelling out a few bucks a month for, you know, for good content. You know, because that's where a lot a lot of times you start following a guy on YouTube or whatever and you get really into them and they stop making it because well, let's be honest, if you're doing it for free, it's hard to sustain it if you, you know, if it becomes a a burden and it's free, you're going to stop doing it. So it's, it is nice to see that people are willing to support content creators now. No, I, I totally agree. <laughs> um, I would probably have a different outlook on it if this was like my full-time gig. Mm -hmm. um, but th this is just a hobby of mine that I enjoy doing. Uh, if it wasn't, I wouldn't do it. Um, but I get asked this question a lot of like, would you ever go like, just do this full-time and, I don't know. Like it would have to be like it'd have to be doing a lot better than it's doing right now because the the biggest frustration about being on YouTube is you got up months, you got down months, you got up months, you got really down months, and then you got really up months. Yeah. It, it just the, it's not that there's up or down months. It's that it feels like there's no control over when there is an up or down month. Like it, it feels like that you you can't plan for that, and it's like, man, I can't like feed my family on a like the, the these shaky of ground so it's a i don't know i probably i don't know ramble sometimes i ramble if you hadn't noticed yeah <laughs> you I, I what about, i'm the host i'm rambling just as much so it's fine <laughs> <laughs> but it's true because one of the things that would that frustrated me because i did youtube way back when the partner program first started so 2006 2007 and i was a partner um, way back when you had to have a certain number of subscribers, a certain number of viewers, a certain number of views, certain number of videos, a certain longevity on the pla on the platform, and it's really hard to plan your course of action if you don't know what's going to happen. If you just do this, if you literally do the same thing 
first six months, you'll have six up and down months. It's there is no control in the hands of the creator as to whether or not your channel succeeds or fail. Uh, succeeds or fails. It's it's almost just a roll of the dice. Like I know one YouTuber who's right now, who had a video that they posted, and it did really poorly as far as views, as far as reactions, and they lost a certain percentage of their subs. And they are, I won't say they're freaking out, but it clearly affected them. And it makes me wonder, like, you have to have a certain mindset to do it if you're going to do it full time, because you have to be willing to take the risk of one month, something out of your control could happen. Or, you know, you put one video out there after years of making great videos, and all of a sudden it's an instant unsub for like 20% of your, your base. And now all of a sudden you have a big hole in what you're doing. And I don't know how people do it full time. I really don't. I I, I would no be scared idea. to death to relinquish that level of control over my financial future with something that I don't have control over to begin with. I think if I was younger, so I'm in my mid-30s, you know, I got a family, a kid. Uh, if I was back in my early 20s and it was just me living on ramen, I could probably swing that. But uh, <laughs> as as you get older, the risk the risk associated goes way up. And it, I, I think there is, like, the, I mean camera the camera niche is not like raking in the millions of views even the top people are like a low rung on the totem pole for like other kinds of niches so right. I, I don't know that um that the camera game will ever make me rich and famous but you always got to think like man what it what if it just like the algorithm favors me and and stuff happens and like it legitimately could like there are people out there that um get rich off of this but it's i don't think everybody's gonna get that and it do they get that one they get the one hit and the long tail sticks around for a little while and they make all kinds of life changes thinking that's it. And then, Ooh, <laughs> it didn't last. Uh Oh, what, what do I do? Oh no. But I, yep. Yeah. I've yeah. seen that. I've seen that so many times and it's like, Oh, this guy came out of nowhere. Way to go. <laughs> you know, it's just as you get used to somebody, they vanish off the platform. So the first thing as I mentioned in your intro, the first thing of yours that you reviewed that I happened to have been in the market, that's how I discovered you, was the Mavic Air. And that was way back in the day when you were able to fly your drones. Yeah. I know, so right? now that you live where you live, which I won't disclose unless you want to, um, it's nearly impossible for you to put a drone in the air. Yeah, yeah. It, if you try, so I live in, D in the D.C. area, and if you even try to take it like a DJI drone, since they know where they're at, mm -hmm. um, it either won't take off, or if it does take off, it will immediately land when the GPS locks. So it's like, it is impossible to, to do that anymore, which is, I mean, on the one hand, it, does it bother me that much? I did enjoy flying drones. Like, it was a fun, uh, I had a whole series for a while where just every Friday I would go out and take my drone and fly around and try to figure out something new with it. Um, I called it Drone Flight Friday. The, the, best, the best drone video you did was when you gave your wife the spark and let her fly <laughs> it the first time. That will go down probably for the longest time as one of my favorite videos of yours. And I'll probably, I, you know what, I think I'm going to link that one in the show notes for this episode because it's a great video with her flying the drone for the first time. But And she almost wrecks it like four seven. And I get it. No, I, I so the point, and, and I got a lot of like, not a lot of heat, but there are comments in there that are like, well, you didn't even explain how, like, tell her how to do it. And I was that's like, the oh, idea. I didn't want her to know. Like, I wanted to, like, that's why I gave her, like, my small drone that's built like a tank in case she does wreck it. It's not that big of a deal. Right. You um, want her to go in cold. That's, that's the whole, that's, the, that's the great conceit of the video that she goes in cold. Can she do it? That's, well, it's no good if you, if, what, I don't want to watch you teach her how to fly a drone. Who the hell wants to watch that? I want to watch her figure it out. And that God, that was a good video. It was an awful lot of fun to make that video. And now, and now poor everyday dad, not so many drone videos. <laughs> and by not so many, I mean, basically none. <laughs> yeah, none. I think the last one we did was on the Mavic 2 Pro. And we had to drive like an hour and a half just to fly the drone. And then at that point, I'm already irritated because I just spent an hour and a half in the car. And then the battery only lasts for like 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you get like 20 minutes and you're like, well. Crap. And then it, it doesn't charge quick either. <laughs> no. So it's like, well, it's just not worth the hassle. And what's nice is that no other drones have come out in that time space. So it's like, okay, I'm, I'm not missing out on much because, I mean, I think peak drone has already passed. I, I think um, you're right. 
it's fun and all, but uh, with all the restrictions on there, it's just not like I don't even think. Um, I'd have to look. I don't have my wallet up here. Uh, my part 107 might be expired, and that means I can't do it at all because I think they just changed the rules where even if you're a hobbyist doing it for fun, you still have to follow like the 107, a lot of the 107 rules. So it's just like, well, you know what? Not worth the hassle. I'll let other people do that. Because, and another thing, like we talked earlier about the camera community being toxic, but the drone community, the drone creators are great, and I've met most of them and they're awesome but the like the drone like the viewers are kind of i don't know like they take a very um i don't know it's kind of like a weird it's a weird community whereas cameras are toxic drones are weird (laughs) and and so i i kind of am glad to not be in that space anymore well i i've noticed something very strange with as far as the drone community as far as drone videos on youtube I used to get suggested them a lot. And I mean a lot. Like there would be days where, you know, RC quadcopter was a suggested topic on, you know, you know, the Apple TV has a suggested topic list Mm and that's one of them. And there were like 20 videos for me to watch. I never get them anymore. And even when you look at people that were doing a lot of drone videos, even the videos are like, oh, you're doing that again. Okay. You know, there's no, there really isn't any new product in, I mean, even DJI, I'm the, the more, their most exciting products in the last what six to eight months haven't been drones. Yeah, they haven't released a drone in a year. Like it's, the Mavic 2 Pro came out this time last year. Yeah, and that's it. I mean, that was the last thing that came out from them. And, you know, the, well, there's the Phantom 5 is coming soon, really, because it was coming soon last year. <laughs> it's been coming soon for two years now. <laughs> exactly. It's it's funny how that space is just, I think people, you know, it is there, it, it peaked. Everybody that wanted a drone got some kind of drone. They're not looking around for what to buy anymore. And frankly, a drone's not a small investment. If you're buying one, you're spending, let's say, $800 to get something really good. You know, at the minimum, you can do the Spark for like $500. And, but then what? I'm not going to buy another one. If I'm buying the Spark, that's probably enough drone for me. I'm not going to really upgrade it. You know, that's my drone. I have a Spark, and that's it. I have the Mavic Air. Am I looking to upgrade it? No, not at all. Because it's I live close enough to New York City where, you know, as you can sympathize, it's a pain in the ass to fly it here too. You know, there's there's about a one square inch space of land 20 miles from me where I don't have to worry about a heliport. So. Yeah, no, and I think that I think part of it is there were a whole bunch of companies in it, so you'd had you'd actually have drones being released, so people could talk about new and exciting things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everybody, all the other companies died. Like, yeah, the, DJI the ate their had, lunch. Yeah, there's no there's no reason for DJI to innovate. Like, why would they spend money uh, when there's no reason to? They're still selling what they currently have. No, there's no other threats in the market. So why why make anything else? That's why I'm so excited that DJI made an action camera. Mm-hmm. Um, because wh- where else was like GoPro killed their market too? Like, um, uh, I got to talk to the CEO of GoPro at CES this year, and he made it very clear. And he said something that made a lot of sense to me. Where if you look at GoPro's competition over the last year, it's not people trying to innovate; it's people trying to copy their like Hero Three, Hero Four technology. Whereas they were mm. on the Hero Seven, so nobody's tried making a new action camera. Since what, like uh, the Garmin, uh, the Verb, like two, two and a half years ago? Jesus, that seems like an eternity ago. I know. And it's <laughs> like, so that was the last people that tried to like stand up to GoPro. And now GoPro is like, if you look at their market saturation, like they own the market. And don't get me wrong. I love GoPro. I've worked with them in the past on, on giving some stuff away. And I think their Hero 7 Black is, it's still amazing. But I like that there's another company out there making a, making a competition uh, viable so that now both companies can get better. And and the good part is it's a company that, you know, let's be honest, it's a company that has money. You know, they can they can ride it out, they can iterate if they need to. I think for a first action camera, the Osmo Action which I'm holding in my hand, which of course we don't do video on this podcast, but I'm holding it in my hand right now. It's made like a tank. It really is. It, it's so, it, it just feels so well made. And it's like, I have, I also have a Xiaomi Yi, the original Yi, and it's great. I've used it for years. It's never let me down, but it's not in this class. This, that's a camera you buy instead of a GoPro. This is one that competes with a GoPro. 
Yeah, I'm. I mean, there are some things about the. I actually just finished recording my uh, my final Osmo action video. Uh, well, at least the the final one for this initial series of like the Osmo action two weeks later, and it it it's it's not perfect. There are things that I don't like about it, but it is it's impressed me. Like even GoPro with the Hero Five Black when they totally revamped their body, um, did not get it right. Um, and I'm I'm very impressed that DJI was able to get as much right as they got right. It's it's a hell of a first a hell of a first attempt. I mean, what I bought it for, the main reason I bought it is because I want to start doing short instructional videos from my shop, you know, as a shameless promotion for my online store and all that. And I love, I didn't love the idea of bringing my rebel downstairs where there's dust and where there's a risk of a tool or something goes flying and smashes into the camera. But this with the front facing screen, it's like, yep, that's all I need. And the video quality is going to be more than good enough for what I want to do. If I just light it well enough, everything's going to be great. And I couldn't believe it when I opened it because it's funny. I ordered it when uh, I ordered it last week, I think it was. It came out last week or the week before. I was like, I'm not going to order this. I'm not going to order this. I don't need it. I don't need it. And then I saw the reviews. So your review and I saw Farouk's review and I'm like, all right, fine. I'm ordering it. <laughs> and I, I had to stop watching his channel too because his videos get me to buy stuff all the time. That man, that man is toxic to wallets. <laughs> He's really tall too. I didn't get a chance to, just in passing, I saw him at CES and I'm a very short person. That dude's really tall. The level of production in his videos blows my mind. Like, he's got the slider. He's got the Edelkrone slider to do the nice B-roll stuff. And he's got that purple and blue lighting scheme. He's got everything is perfectly and dramatically lit. He's got He's got a shtick. He's got the music that he did. It's... The guy puts together a hell of a product. <laughs> he really does. That's So, uh, I've... I have a, whenever something new gets announced, I have a moratorium on his videos until I can make a video because he makes such persuasive arguments, it, they can get stuck in my head. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> all I want to do is watch his stuff. And I, you can't, Gary. Gary, you cannot watch that. And so I have to <laughs> wait. And uh, sometimes it, it's a very agonizing uh, period of time. Yeah, I've rarely jumped on anything where I didn't see a video from either you or him talking about it first. Like, I even, I was interested in the Osmo action as soon as I saw the front screen. But I was like, nope, got to get from one of them. And then I ended up seeing yours first. And I was like, beautiful. I'm in. Let's go. Start. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing because... I, I never used to do that with tech with tech videos because I know you can fall into the trap of, oh, yeah, if I just watch this, I'm going to buy this, I'm going to buy that, I'm going to buy this, I'm going to buy that. But I feel like more so you than Farouk, I connect with the way you explain stuff and the way you talk about use cases. And I know it's kind of become like, um, I don't want to say a cliche, but it's become like the pillars of action. It's brilliant. <laughs> Because it's, it, it's five criteria that you can compare everything with. You can, you, you know, I, I love the term fiddliness. Like, it's, it's the perfect term because I have a lot of camera equipment, and I've had a lot over the years, where it's just a pain in the ass to use. And nobody thinks about that. It's like, well, the UI is very clean. You can make this menu. You can customize this menu. Yeah. And when I'm standing in front of the camera, but I have to use the buttons on the back of the camera to change those menus, it's absolutely useless. It's infuriating. <laughs> Along with the fact that most camera companies don't seem to understand, although they seem to be waking up to it, the benefit of a swing out screen in some form. You know, We're when better, I saw... Because, I mean, not to... We already talked about how the, the low end of the cameras are dying. And I get so I disagree with every camera manufacturer out there right now because they're all doing one thing. They're all doing the same thing. They're all trying to pivot to the high end. So they may be selling less cameras. So they're trying to sell those cameras at a higher margin. So they're not going to necessarily waste the R&D to revamp the A6000 line where they can the their smaller camera when they can make the A7 III which is their bigger camera which you know gets them more money every time they sell one um, and they're doing it Nikon's doing it Canon's doing it and it drives me crazy because who like where did the camera users of the future come from like we just mentioned nobody's buying low level DSLRs anymore like no. almost nobody and cell phones are just as good. So if cell phones are going to do fine, where are the professionals going to come from? So if you're not going to cater to people starting off, 
they're not going to grow into pros. And where is the market right now? It's on YouTube. Every kid right now wants to grow up to be Mr. Beast. They want to grow up to be... Um, I think Casey Neistat's time has gone, but um, they all want to be like some kind of, whether it's YouTube or Instagram, they all want to be some kind of online personality and you need a camera to do that. And if you're not going to make a camera to market to that segment, you are, it drives me crazy. It drives me absolutely crazy that we're trying to, and no offense to old people that are photographers, I know and love plenty of them, but trying to market towards that segment is a, is a, a losing game. And you should be making cameras with flip screens and autofocus and stabilization and because that's what the kids want and the kids will turn into the pros that will buy your expensive line of whatever expensive uh, camera you want to sell them it, it drives me crazy it that's funny you say that about the kids because my wife is my wife's a school teacher and she was telling me the other day that half of her students want to be youtubers like what <laughs> what the hell's going on they're in school that's what that's like that was never a career goal i mean all right granted i went to i graduated high school in 1994 so i mean youtube wasn't a thing i get it but it's just so weird to hear like kids want to be youtubers like really that's you know when i was a kid if you wanted to be a celebrity you either wanted to be in you know in theater or you wanted to be on tv or in movies now kids want to be youtubers and they think you know they want to be like their favorite youtube guy and they want to make you know nutshot videos and all that but yeah that's and that's that camera companies are not marketing to those people the the only actually that's not a hundred percent true you're probably going to agree with me on this the only segment that is is the action camera market the action camera market skews way younger and that's they're really i mean they're expensive but the 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 presentation is the young hip you know catch yourself on your board or your mountain bike while you're on the trail or while you're out skiing and this camera's going to survive it so maybe that's the only segment that you know clicks with the younger people but yeah aside from that i don't see even canon and nikon i just saw they had canon has a new camera out and i'm trying i've been trying to remember the name of it it's like a cutesy camera geared toward women it was like is it called the lily is that what it's called Oh, I've, I've never heard of that. Oh, God. It's it's so, like, it's in these weird, it's in this these weird colors, and it's clearly, almost condescendingly aimed at women. And, oh, man, I really wish I could think of the name of it. And it's not on their, not uh, readily apparent on their site, so I'm just going to skip my idea. But, yeah, I saw, I saw a thing for it the other day, and I was like, oh, no, no, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, no, I just... I don't get it. Uh, people, they there's a whole market out there that needs a camera to do what they want to do, and it's a large market, and they're not selling to them. And I don't, I don't know if it's because the maybe the uh, the social demographics in like uh, maybe Japan are different. Maybe the kids in Japan do not want to be uh, social media stars, so the the executives or the R and D teams are not necessarily understanding that it is a big market out there. But there's thousands of kids that want to they buy ADDs because that's like the closest they can get to what their heroes use instead of like using current technology to create a camera that is basically like taking a Panasonic G85 and giving it good autofocus and you'd have the perfect online camera <laughs> basically which is which also blows my mind that Panasonic just cannot get that right for nothing <laughs> well the, their their rationale is that when you put a so Panasonic uses a system called a contrast-based autofocus system where the, without getting too technical, they, there's a, the, the, the good quote-unquote autofocus is phase detection where there's like little, there's little sensors on the camera um, sensor itself that can judge where light is at and it makes it more sure it doesn't need to like hunt to figure out what it needs to be in focus. It just, it can tell based on, I don't know, magic, but... Um, <laughs> Panasonic does not use that because they think that there's a loss of uh, image quality when you have that layer on top of the sensor. And to the, they are right. I mean, there is a loss of, there is a banding. You will get more banding. You will get more um, uh, more. You will get more image artifacts when you have that layer over. But is it enough? Like, is it that big of a deal? I mean, no. in my opinion images look worse when they're out of focus exactly or, or when they're constantly hunting while yeah, you're doing video yeah or when the background's always warping in and out of focus so i wish they'd do it like they've got some new camera they're releasing on friday 
um, that's like their, their new cinema like DSLR style camera and as much as I would love to be excited about it and I'll still probably try it out um, it's not going to have phase detection autofocus if it does I will be incredibly shocked because um, I really like I really like Panasonic cameras I just wish they had better autofocus the image quality the image quality on their cameras is stunning it, it's absolutely stunning. I mean, in general, you know, as a general proposition, they get everything right except autofocus, which is mind blowing to me. I, I don't, I, like, I love, I, like, the GH5 might be the best camera ever made. And to this day, it was released over two years ago, and there is nothing on the market at its price point that can touch it. If it just had, if I would pay so much money for a GH5 with phase detection autofocus, like, if I could get Sony's new autofocus system, Put in a GH5, I would pay so much money. Yeah, they, I, it's funny, my first really good digital camera that wasn't, um, that wasn't an SLR was an Alumix, oof, I don't even remember the model. And I remember thinking like, wow, I had no idea Panasonic could make like cameras at all. And then out of nowhere, they started showing up on the high end and like all these high end photographers had these high end Panasonic cameras and it's like, where did these guys, where did Panasonic even come from? Like, they, I feel like they, they a, a giant company like that came out of nowhere and started in, just instantly competing. It's, it is amazing the quality of the product they produce. I've always been amazed by it. I, I love their stuff, can't afford it. And if I could afford it, I probably wouldn't be buying it because I just don't have a need for it. I like my Rebel. It's an older Rebel. It's a T6i. But for the little, I, I still use it. It's probably fine for me, but I oh, did yeah, get I did get a case of a little bit of camera lust. The only camera that's really kind of gotten me to a point where I'm like, oh, I really want to try to find the money for that was the A7 III. Oh, it's good. And <laughs> it's and I I mean you're you're on your third, if I remember. I don't. Uh, I just sold it, but I was on my third. Yeah, your I third one. That, yeah. Um. I. Uh, their A6400, their their smaller, cheaper camera that just came out, I mm-hmm. think is, it does 80% of what the A7 III does, and it's got a flip-up screen. I I think the A6400 might be the best camera released this year. Um, hmm. It is so good. But, yeah, the A7 III is also... You're, well, another thing you don't, you know, I, don't, I try not to get too technical, but I love geeking out a little bit. You are the only person I know who has almost fully rebuffed the idea of a full frame sensor. Now, just so everybody who's not a camera head knows what we're talking about, the little sensor inside your camera, there's different sizes of it and there's basically the bigger more professional high grade cameras have what's called a full frame sensor and it captures more light when it's a dark slightly darker situation, you tend to get better depth of field, but the cameras tend to be huge and heavy. And you, my friend, are the only person I know who says, no, I like my APS-C. I like that size. I like those size cameras. I'm, I'm kind of done with full frame. Well, yeah, I mean, so I'm a, one, I'm a one person show. It's just me that, well, it, now it's two with uh, the person that does my editing for me. Um, but like me, have, I have to carry all this stuff and mm-hmm. I get real sick real sick of big cameras and big lenses now i do (laughs) still use them from time to time i am considering getting another nikon z6 which is another full frame camera Um, (laughs) i just and sometimes the depth of field is too shallow like Mm -hmm. you can get like so i went to a uh uh, we had a a wedding in the family this weekend and i took i i asked sony if i could borrow one of their very nice lenses and i borrowed their insanely nice um portrait lens and i used it on the a6400 which um, gave it a just such a shallow depth of field, but it was too much. Like it, it, it looked weird uh, because there was just nothing else in focus. And I just now that I mess around with cameras a lot, I just notice when depth of field is too like so that when we say depth of field, we mean there's a part of the f- part of the image that is in focus. There's a part that's out of focus. The less that like the the more narrow that band is is uh, the depth of field, or y- you get a shallower depth of field the more narrow that that is. And um, yeah, I just like small cameras and when I, so I also do like videos in local parks or like in local areas and the bigger the cameras, the more people are like, what is that weirdo doing? Mm. What? Hey, you got a permit for that? <laughs> um, so I had a, I actually had a professional cinema camera for about two months. I had the Canon C200, which mm. is raw, has amazing autofocus, oh. has built everything. <laughs> it was a wonderful camera, but 
lugging that sucker around was such a pain in the butt and people were always staring at me so i like the small cameras because they do just as fine uh, the lenses are cheaper they're smaller recording media is easier and generally they have better autofocus and i like to be a rebel <laughs> you you are totally against the grain because you know i i'm on the canon subreddit just because i all my all, all my cameras except for the, the dji stuff is canon and you know it's always like this well why does why isn't this full frame or this should be better or it's just again we're back to the stats and the specs and oh yeah i wonder if these people really realistically need they remind me i was joking about this uh, a couple of weeks ago it was it's like the guys that you know they buy a brand new trek mountain bike and they'll buy all the gear and a brand new helmet and high-end high-end oakley's and all this stuff and then they prop the bike up in the garage and they say, look at my bike. <laughs> you know, they never actually it take awesome it anywhere. Was that? It looks awesome up there. Yeah, exactly. Look at, look how nice those hooks are. They just, they just hang beautifully. <laughs> but I, I never see these people like that sit on the internet arguing about photos. I never really see them, you know, showing their work. It's just, oh yeah, this cam, this can, and this camera is not that great. No, we're not that. No, we need full frame. Yeah, we need full frame. Why? You don't even take pictures. Like, I could go through your entire Reddit history, and there's not a single photo posted. You don't even know what a picture is. Exactly. <laughs> oh God, this cough. Uh, I think we're in a good place to wrap. I just wanted to ask you one more question, yeah, since. Absolutely. Uh, where do you see your channel? Because if I had asked you this, okay, let's do this. If I had asked you a year ago, where did you see your channel being in a year? Um, are you where you think you would have said you wanted to be? Or are you past that? Are you doing better? And then where do you see yourself a year from now? I'd have to say um, the channel, if we're looking at solely the channel itself, I'm, I'm probably about where I thought I would be. Um, Again, it's just it's hard to like have any like future aspirations when you don't truly understand the platform and you can't really plan to maximize the platform that we're, you're using. So I I don't know. I just kind of make whatever pops into my head because I cannot figure out how to crack the the YouTube uh, code. But where would I see myself in about a year? It depends. I have a pretty big uh, transition going on at work um, in the October time frame. I'm hoping. Uh, that I can make the bridge, uh, the transition successful where I can keep doing YouTube. Uh, there's a chance that I will have to scale way back um, around October, November. Um, may even have to have uh, the Everyday Wife be the front person of the channel. Um, so I don't know. The, the future is not yet certain uh, for the Everyday Dad. We'll see. Hopefully it will. Uh, I'd like to keep doing it in some way, shape, or form. Will it stay the way it's going now? Eh, we'll... I would, I hope. Um, we'll just we'll just have to see. I would I would hate to see you not making YouTube videos anymore. I would take one video a week rather than no videos. I would hate to see you stop. And your wife is very good on camera, and that would be cool. I would just I would hate to see things change. I don't mind the quali the quantity changing. I would just hate to see the whole thing just nope's got to completely change. So I really hope it does work out for you, and I hope you're able to keep the channel going and. It, it it would it would be really good to see the channel continue to grow because I mean like I said I'm not trying to kiss your butt I don't have to kiss your butt we kind of know each other but I really do like what you're doing and I think what you're doing is important and I think it's needed in the space that you're in so I really do hope that, that you're the kind of voice that continues while some of the other I would say not as nice people just kind of go away. You know, I want people like you to be the ones that succeed. So I really hope it works out for you. I hope everything goes good at work. And I hope that next year we get to do this again, maybe even sooner. And we get to talk about, you know, how wildly successful you are. And I can say I knew you way back when. <laughs> well, thanks so much. No, I really appreciate it. And thanks so much for having me on. Oh, no problem. You want to um, tell people where they can find you? And obviously, whatever you say, don't worry. You don't have to write it down, people. I will put it in the show notes. Whatever links he gives out will be in the show notes so you can find out where to find the Everyday Dad. So why don't you tell yeah, people you, where they can find you? If you search for me on YouTube, you can find it pretty easily, The Everyday Dad. And if you just want to chat, because I find myself on there an awful lot chatting with people, you can find me on Twitter at every underscore day dad. 
And by the way, that's another thing that you do that very few people, you're very responsive to people. And it's, it's awesome. I see you having conversations with people all the time. It's, it's great. It, you know, sometimes you just want to interact with people and it's nice to see that, Hey, if I, if I actually at Gary, he at least acknowledges, he may not respond to everything, but at least acknowledges that he saw something, which it's nice. It's, it's nice. Like I said, it's one, you're one of the good guys and I really enjoy your channel and I'm really glad that you're having the success that you're having. And I only hope for more of it in the future. Um, <laughs> guys, if you want to subscribe to this podcast, if you probably got a link to it from somebody, um, we are now, as of last week, we are on every single major podcasting platform. So when you share the show, people can find us now. Yay. So you can find us on Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everything. We are everywhere you look for podcasts. So share the show, tell your friends about it, share this episode if you want, and you know, leave us a rating or review because that really helps people find us because the more ratings and reviews we get, the more likely the platform will be to put us up in front of other people to find us. And the better we grow, the more likely we are to stick around. Um, that's going to do it for this week thank you for listening and we will be back again next week i don't know as usual who we're going to have but there will be a show next week thanks for listening